Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. I hope you're having a great day. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Today's podcast is presented to you by the great people over at Superbook Sports Colorado, as well as Blake Street Tavern. They're at 23rd and Blake in downtown Denver. They're closing their doors as of April 9th, so go down there, check them out, say goodbye, grab a bite to eat, and uh, you know, embrace it because uh, the doors will be closed as of April 9th, or I believe April 9th is their last day. Excuse me. Also, special thanks to 1876 Apparel. It's a Colorado company, and if you click on the link below in the description, if you buy something from the DeHuff's Picks, you can help out two companies, obviously 1876 Apparel, as well as me, because I get a portion of the profits on that one. So that's pretty cool. So you could help them out, help me out with, uh, you know, just a couple clicks. A lot of cool stuff on there, so go check it out. Uh, it's snowing here in Colorado. Always blindsides me when it starts snowing in April. But it, I believe April's one of the busiest. I, I, th- I think it's the second snowiest month in Colorado behind March. I always think... The snowiest months are like December or January, but that's not the case. It's snowy, but not that snowy. So we're dealing with that. It's it's another late winter here in Colorado. It's good for the grass. And so I'm excited. Although I'm I'm the type of guy that really wants to turn on his sprinklers as soon as possible. Not to actually use them all the time. I just like to get that project out of the way. Make sure all the heads are working and make sure there's no leaks anywhere. And then you know, and not necessarily use it until I actually need to you to actually do it. So I, I just got got to push it off again, push it off again. But that's Colorado for you. Wherever if you've ever lived in Colorado, you know, you get all four seasons and sometimes you get them all all four in one day. <laughs> and it's kind of cool. I kind of like it. You know what else I like? Jumping into some headlines. Let's go. Let's go. And now. Here are the headlines. An owner of a ramen noodle eatery in Japan said he is banning customers from using their cell phones in order to speed up seating times and preserve the integrity of the dish. I like that. I like that a lot. We could all benefit from this. His name is Kota Kia. I think that's how you say it. Or Kota Kaya. K-A-I. He's the owner-operator of the Tokyo Eatery Duba Dubu Chan Chan. I don't even know why I protect. I don't even know why I even attempted it. I apologize. I just slaughtered the language, and I I apologize to anybody out there that speaks Japanese. And they're like, "You fucking idiot! Do you not know how to read?" No, I don't. Okay, I don't. Anyway. He's the owner and operator. He said he noticed the customers who waited the longest to dig into their bowls of ramen noodles placed in front of them tended to be watching YouTube videos on their phone. And he said he was concerned not only about the customers tying up valuable seating space during the peak hours, but about the way the noodles stretched out and ruined after time uh, while sitting in the soup. So they're ruining their food by not eating it right away, which... Honestly, as somebody that cooks for the family on a regular basis, it does bug me when people don't sit down right away and start eating their food. Be like, dude, eat it. You're dragging your feet getting over to the dinner table. Seriously, the food's super delicious when it's when it's fresh like that. So quit doing that. So yeah, it, 
it, it bugs him. So he decided he's he's not posting any signs in his restaurant, but he is telling every single customer that comes in about putting away their phones during mealtime. Good for him. Good for him. Because it's good for your brain to detach from technology. I have a bad habit of it. My wife was talking to me about it last night, and it's really hard with the podcast because I'm constantly trying to promote it, always be promoting ABP. That's my my motto is like I got to constantly be promoting the podcast because nobody else really is going to, okay? That's the way I got to look at it. If somebody else does by chance, that's great. That's just bonus points. But most likely, I got to trust myself and rely on myself to do it. The problem is, I do everything from my phone. So I'm constantly working on stuff and, and cutting stuff up and promoting it and doing silly little things. And it takes away from other things. So I, my wife has to remind me. She's like, you're on your fucking phone again. Quit. And it, it's a good reminder that like this restaurant, we all need to detach from it. And if you're sitting down with somebody like, say I take my wife out to dinner and we're both on our phones. We're not talking. It's like, what's the fucking point of going out to a nice dinner if you're not even going to be looking at each other? I mean, not like crazy googly eyes, like constantly be like, don't you dare break eye contact when you're eating your cheeseburger. Uh, really gets me going. <laughs> anyway, what do you think of that? I think that's a good idea. I think more restaurants should do that because one, like he said, it's speeding up the service. So he can rifle through more customers. It's also allowing the customers to enjoy their food more, but it's also allowing them to have a mental break from technology, which we all need to do for the most part. I praise those, uh, clap my hands to those individuals that aren't addicted to their cell phones. Good for you. But that's not the majority of us. The majority of us could benefit from doing stuff like that. Let me know your thoughts at the Huff podcast on social media or to huff on gmail.com what's a good way to beat a ticket in australia yes no you're wrong it's sex dolls oh what huh yes ears perked up i know the donna sex doll is selling out according to wild secrets and their marketing manager adam lee he said they've never sold out in their 30-year history of any doll until recently. Why? Because drivers are using them to beat traffic congestion on the Eastern Freeway in Melbourne. And basically what they do is they, they stick that in there. It's kind of like the express lanes here in the United States and Colorado and stuff is you put somebody in, in order to get into the express lane or the toll roads and stuff like that, you have to have another person in there or a certain amount of people around in Colorado. A lot of times now it's like three plus people in order to do it. Well, there it's it, apparently it's two. So if you want to get in the fast transit lane, that's what you got to do. You got to have somebody there. A lot of people apparently are lonely in Melbourne <laughs> and they need to go buy a friend. So he said that prior to a couple months ago, dolls would sell infrequently but there's been a flood of new purchases with one customer full on admitting that the sex doll purchase was purely to trick the cameras. Oh, right, right. Just to trick the cameras. Gotcha. Gotcha, fella. 
you realize if you get caught with a sex doll in the express lane that you're still going to get a ticket. <laughs> so you just spent, what is it, like almost four grand on a sex doll so you could drive through a, the express lane on a regular basis. Oh, and that's all you're using it for? Okay. Okay. Fucking liars. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I bought it strictly for um, <coughs> going in the express lane. That's it. That's it. Swear to God. Swear to God, honey. Okay, sweetheart. Yeah, I believe you. So if you get caught, you have to pay the fine. Like I said, that's more money out of your pocket. But don't worry. Don't worry. It's a double, a double whammy in a sense, but in a good way. Sure, you're frustrated because you got caught in the express lane with a sex doll, but you can go home, take out your aggressions on your Donna's sex doll, okay? Bang the shit out of her. It'll make you feel good. <laughs> God, seriously, that, that doesn't even make sense to me. You're spending almost $4,000. I believe that translates in Australian dollars to right around five grand. And why would you spend that kind of money just to drive through the express lane or the fast lane? That doesn't make sense. That doesn't balance out. Until you add into the equation and be like, well, it allows me to go through the express lane and I can fuck her in the parking lot. <laughs> Stupid people are so dumb. Just say what it is. Don't lie and be like, no, I only bought it for, you know, beating the camera system. No, just be honest. I, I bought it for beating the camera system and uh, I'm lonely. And I, you need, I'm tired of whacking it. Okay, there you go. There's a dog who lives in England. And this isn't really a headline, but I just saw it. It was on like some, like the Daily Mirror or something like that. I was just sifting through. There's a dog who lives in England, and he had spent several months as a puppy in Northern Ireland. They trained him well, but you can only get him to do act on the commands if you speak in a heavy Irish accent. Because <laughs> the guy's like, sit, sit down, sit down. And the dog's just looking at him like, fuck you. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And he's all, sit down, sit down. And, the, and then the dog sits down right away. He's like, give hitch, give hitch. <laughs> I don't even know if that sounds Irish or not. It always sounds like this. Oh, do 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 do. What is that guy from the Muppets? Do do do, do do do. Let's make a pizza. That's not Irish at all. Well, looky here. Sit down, you dumb dog. I can't do Irish. I can't. I can't. But if I'm around somebody that's Irish and they start speaking like that, yeah, I can pick it up. But as of right now, since I'm not being reminded anything of anything other than Lucky Charms, sit down. Let's go play fetch with the dog. Look at here, you piece of shit. Oh, great. The dog went outside and dropped a load right in the middle of the load. Now I am all pissed, ain't I? Ah, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. Cindy, if you're listening, she's from Ireland. I'm sorry. I butchered your, your, your language. Your language? I butchered your language. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, my bad. 
Hey, we got more coming your way, but first, baseball is back and the push for the postseason is on for hockey and hoops. So make it count with the spring, uh, make this spring count with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports Colorado is the best wagering app around with a direct line to experience bookmakers behind the counter in Las Vegas. Plus, get a $250 bonus when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. So go ahead and visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Again, download that Superbook Colorado app. And if you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. This is Chris Fuseli, owner of the Blake Street Tavern. I know it's the Joker's town and we just live in it. But I love to watch the dude who, if you do too, stop by the Blake Street Tavern with a minimum loan, play with games on every night. It's the Blake Street Tavern where Denver watches sports. This goes under the category of things I shouldn't say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Now, here's the story. A young boy broke the Guinness World Record for youngest published author. He published a book at the age of only four years and 218 days. It's called The, the Elephant, Saeed, and the Bear. And all I could think of when I saw this, I saw this headline, and I saw multiple websites posting this, and everybody's praising the kid. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. All I could think of is, I'm sure that book is terrible. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's four years old. How good could the book be? Really? I went to the store today to get me sister some lunch. Then I got some grapes in a tuna fish sandwich. I went home. She was pleased. There you go. Wow, congratulations. That kid has sold over a thousand books of this shit. But it made me think. I shouldn't say that. Some people are going to be like, it's a child. Why do you say that about a child? You can damage him if he ever listens. Well, the kid's already damaged if he listened to this podcast for, for five seconds regardless if I'm talking about him or not, <laughs> okay? He's like, holy shit, really? Kid's going to have a brand new uh, set of words that he can talk to his parents about. Dad, do you know what a cunt is? <laughs> uh, here, let's get away from your mom real quick. Yeah, I do know what it is. <laughs> so I was thinking, if I wrote a children's book with one of my characters that just spontaneously spontaneously pop up at times, what would they be? What would the books be called? So I was thinking of it like Connery DeHuff banged your mother. Now he's your father. That would be great. Fantastic. All right. I'd read that book. Cowboy DeHuff in the search for the giant balls. <laughs> There's Pirate DeHuff journey to the land of mediocrity. You're I.B. Paxton Lynch. <laughs> You get the puppy if you do your chores. Just kidding! <laughs> I got you! Rich Russian is a terrible parent. <laughs> and don't be so mean, you son of a bitch! Mama DeHoff becomes a teacher. <laughs> That's dumb. I'm sorry I wasted your time. If you got some that you want to chime in on or you just think would be funny to say, maybe it's a celebrity. If they wrote a book, this is what it should be called. Let me know. DeHuffUncensored at gmail.com or at DeHuffPodcast. 
John from Loveland. Oh, wait, I forgot. Hold on, John. Let's open the mailbag. Mailbag. You've got mail. <laughs> I should stop laughing at that open, but it's just so good. I can't. I cannot. I apologize for laughing. John from Loveland, he asked me via dehuffuncensored at gmail.com, when do you think humans will live on Mars? That's a very good question, and there's a lot of articles out there. There's a lot of theories on there. There's a lot of people like Elon Musk thinking that by, I believe, 2033 that we should have people living on there as a, on a reg. And then there's some people that are saying it's going to be like 2050 before we're actually colonized on, on Mars. But there's a lot that goes into that. One, getting the resources and shipping stuff up there and dealing with the, the environment. That's a whole new world. If you just look at it from the difference between Earth and Mars, Mars's atmosphere is like 95% carbon dioxide. It's super cold. It's like negative 80 degrees on average. That's negative 80 degrees Fahrenheit. There's tons of radiation that just rips through the atmosphere. And it takes like nine months, just under nine months, to get there from Earth. I think it's actually like eight and a half months, but whatever. So it, it takes a lot to get there. And when you get there, you're dealing with the environment. You got to wonder, like, can they, can they change the environment? Because why the fuck not? It's just a planet, right? What's the worst that can happen? By the way, real quick, before I forget this point, let's say we go up there and we start terraforming. We start messing with the atmosphere to change it. What's to say that we do that and then we don't create some beans? I, I say beans or just like, living things that that could eventually just cause extreme harm to the people that are trying to colonize like we're like we're gonna fuck with the atmosphere don't worry what's what's the worst gonna happen you've got a giant blob now that's like eating everybody but before they do that they sodomize them way to go science don't know why i had to say sodomy why did you have to bring sodomy into things classic classic to huff Anyway, going back to the idea of colonizing, some guy, smart guy wrote this. He said, when we talk about colonizing a planet like Mars, this usually involves habitats that contain everything we need to live, like water, food, and most, most importantly, air. However, in movies such as Man of Steel, they talk about terraforming using technology to change a planet's surface and atmosphere to make it suitable for life. Living in habitats seems like a temporary solution and one that is not very scalable with population growth. Scalable, excuse me. <laughs> scalable. It is, uh, is it possible that we could eventually just change the atmosphere of a planet like Mars and make it similar to our own once we change the atmosphere on Mars? Would it stay that way? It's mixed bag of whether it would stay that way. There's a lot of people that will be like, yeah, absolutely. But then as you do more research on it, they're like, there's nothing that says that it would officially stay that way. It's it's uncharted territory. So terraforming Mars could be divided into two, two phases. The first phase is warming the planet from the present average surface temperature. They would mess with it and try to get it to right around 60 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 
right around 15 degrees Celsius and, and try to recreate a thick CO2 atmosphere. This warming phase is relatively easy and quick, according to this guy, and could take about 100 years. So it's not going to be a quick fix as far as transforming the atmosphere, but they could send things up there and people up there having a temporary environment and temporary habitat. And the more you think about it, it's going to take a lot of money, a lot of resources just to go up there and start building. And a lot of the stuff that they send up there is going to have to be pre-built, which is mind-blowing to think about, that they're just going to have to send up multiple you know, large units of, of say, like a nu nuclear reactor for energy and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's very mind-blowing, and hope to God none of those blow up as they try to go up there. It's a wild thing to think about. And going back to the original question from John in Loveland is, when do you think humans will live on Mars? I kind of am thinking it's going to be right around 2035. That's just a guess. Is you think about it, we're at 2023 right now. We we have this big push, but I I don't see the technology quite there yet. I know some people that work in the space agency, and I know that they're really pushing for it. But a lot of that stuff takes time, time. And as much as we want it to happen quickly, I mean, even the the whole idea of if we go up there and start messing with the atmosphere. That takes, what did they say, 100 years. That's just for that. But you can kind of set that aside and say we could still send people up there without changing the atmosphere. We just have an artificial environment that we create, which I don't know if I would be excited about that as somebody that would live on Mars. If you're up there, it would be neat if you're single, by the way, to go up there and why not? You're you're exploring you know, a new planet. I think that would be neat. But it would be scary to sit there and go, I'm living in an environment that's man-made. And if anything is damaged on it for one reason or another, you're going to fucking die. It's man-made. <laughs> that's what I go back to. It's like, who, who, who put it together? Were they really enjoying their job when they put it together? I'm sure they did. A lot of those space agencies, they use some of the best and brightest out there. But it's not like, you know, Todd from Taco Bell is, you know, they can't roll a fucking burrito to save his life. It's not like he's putting the rivets in <laughs> on on the walls. But I, I would say the technology is, is, is developing. I wouldn't be surprised if it was closer to 2050 before we actually got up there, like some people are thinking. But... I, Listen, I'll throw it out there in in 12 years. You can tell me if I'm right or wrong because I'm going to forget about this moment. But I'm going to say throwing it out there, throwing shit to the wall, 2035. It's right around the corner in a sense. It's it's fascinating. Do you think we should be going to Mars and colonizing? Or would you rather us use those resources to try and fix Earth? Here's the mixed bag on that one. I say that I, I would lean towards let's use the resources, time, energy in, into trying to fix Earth. But the problem is, is we have a growing problem. It's population and we're running out of room. 
We have over 8 billion people on this planet, and that is not slowing down anytime soon unless you throw in some sort of global catastrophe. And that would be huge. Obviously, when we have tensions in, in Ukraine and Russia, you fear that the nuclear is a possibility. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole of fear, but that's always a possibility. And, and sadly, that would fix our quote-unquote fix our population issue. That's a scary thing to think about, and I don't like to think about it, but it is a real possibility. But that being said, circling back is we have a population problem on Earth, and that would, let's say we get to the point in a 100-some years that we can officially start shuttling people and start really maximize our, you know, the colonization of, of, of Mars, and then you're kind of, you're just, you're populating two planets now. And, I mean, then you're just going to have a problem, the same problem eventually on Mars. And then Earth is still going to have issues as well. It's a very weird thing to think about of us actually living on Mars. But I, I it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when are, are we going to start colonizing Mars. Because somebody's going to have the money to do it. I haven't seen any pushback really saying that we shouldn't be doing it. Because we're fucking this planet up. Let me know your thoughts on that. Should they? Would you? Let me know. DeHuffUncensored at gmail.com or at Podcast on social media. Could you imagine, though, the, the press conference, what that would be like if... All of a sudden, like, we, yeah, dude, we're colonizing. We're starting to shuttle people up there. And we're right at the beginning stages of moving people to Mars. Could you imagine that press conference? You're like, okay, let's go ahead and join in on the press conference for colonizing Mars. So as you can see, we will now have living quarters in this region of Mars, along with a recreational facility here and farming community here. Life on Mars is a full go, people. <laughs> and it's a very exciting time for the human race. Now, uh, let's take some questions from the audience. Uh, yeah. Will the laws on Mars be similar to those here on Earth? And a uh, uh, side question is, uh, will prostitution be legal on Mars? Uh, I, I'm not sure about that one, sir. Let's quickly move on. Next question. Oh, uh, yeah, how much would it cost to fly to Mars from Earth and having sex with a Martian uh, prostitute? Is that covered by insurance? <laughs> I screwed up that last one. It's supposed to be like, yes, how much would it cost to fly to Mars from Earth and to have sex with a Martian prostitute? <laughs> I fucked it up. I wrote it out. Usually I just ad-lib those, but I was like, I'm going to forget this one. <laughs> forget it it's too much too much hey i was uh on twitter and there's that one twitter handle that i like to follow it's amazing facts at facts of world world spelled with a zero human pollution has caused the average length of a polar bear's penis to shrink doesn't that sound like something a dude would tell a girl he met at the at the bar i swear to god it's the pollution it's never happened to me before. I was around a bunch of race cars. Next thing you know, my wiener's small. 
<laughs> so stupid. That's uh, what we would do. Be like, some guy, somebody's going to use that and be like, I was listening to this podcast, and, and, and I'll tell you what, honey, swear, swear. Uh, pollution, man. Pollution. That's why we need to get a, a you know, a hybrid. Nobody drives hybrids anymore, do they? It's all, it's all like Teslas and shit. I don't know. I drive a Honda Accord. <laughs> That's all I know. Gorillas hum and sing while eating as a sign to others that they are busy. So they they hum, sing while they're eating to let everybody know, be like, don't fucking bug me. I'm eating. My son, when he was a kid, when he was a kid, Jesus Christ, my brain is like falling apart. It's like, it's like I'm going down a street in like one of those, uh, what are those go-karts or whatever. And like all the wheels are starting to vibrate. And the nuts and bolts are slowly coming off. That's what's happening in my brain right now. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Brakes, they ain't working. They ain't working, man. Anyway, my son, when he was super little, when he started eating actual solid foods and stuff, he would literally make noise. It wasn't humming, but it would just be like this. He'd be eating a banana, shoving it in his mouth, and he'd be like, nom, nom. I have the audio somewhere, like a video of him eating, and it was hilarious. He loved food, and he's still kind of a foodie, but he would always, you would always know he's eating if you were in the other room because you'd hear him going, <laughs> it's so cute, funny, <laughs> so funny. He's, he's a foodie just like me. <laughs> I love food. That is my biggest problem. I love to eat. By the way, I put that out on social media yesterday. Also tossed it out on yesterday's podcast. If you were to say, what is the state food of Colorado? What would it be? The majority of you are saying green chili. But I don't think you should be allowed to use throw that in there. Because everybody says green chili. If you were going to say something else, what, it would, what would it be? Uh, I had some of you say burritos. I think that's a good one. Rocky Mountain Oysters. I don't think enough places sell Rocky Mountain Oysters for that to make the cut. And I'm still waiting on more. If you have an idea of what the state food of Colorado should be, let me know at DeHuff Podcast on social media or DeHuffUncensored at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for joining the podcast. I truly appreciate it. It's one of those things where, you know, I feel like crap today again. So I'm going to try to go take a nap after this, after I put everything together. It's just, and, and I got rock the Rockies home opener in a couple days, and I'm like, don't be fucking sick for that, because I don't want to be all grouchy or spacey. You know, like, what, do you ha have you ever had that happen where you're not, like, horribly sick? And that's the thing with me right now. I'm not horribly sick. I'm just, like, just kind of crummy. Just enough to piss me off and just enough for me to have a hard time sometimes to have a, a conversation with somebody because I just be like, OK, I don't care anymore. By the way, have you ever had this happen to you? This happened to me the other night. I want to say it was twice, but I definitely remember one time I'm out front talking to my my neighbor, Rob, and his girlfriend and her, and her friend. And we're out there talking and we got to the point where I'm like, should I go in? I don't feel like we're talking about anything new. And we're all kind of like looking at each other. There's four of us basically staring at each other and we had nothing to say. 
And then it got to the point where it's like, well, it's almost like Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> we're there at the 7-Eleven. Big gulps, huh? Well, see you later. <laughs> That's what it felt like. And we were both like, like we had a great conversation and just all of a sudden it just hit the brakes. <laughs> we're like, fuck. Um, anyway, yeah, I'll see you guys later. All right. Thanks so much to Superbook Sports Colorado, as well as Blake Street Tavern. They're at 23rd and Blake in downtown Denver. Go check them out. Doors closes as of the doors close, excuse me, as of April 9th. And go down there, check them out. Also, a special thanks to 1876 Apparel. It's a Colorado company. Click on the link in the description and buy something from the DeHuff's Picks. And you're one, you're going to really enjoy what you get because high-end stuff as far as shirts, hats, and a lot of cool Colorado stickers, which I'm always on the lookout for some good Colorado stickers. And I hit the jackpot when I found 1876 Apparel. So go check them out. Anytime you buy something from the DeHuff's Picks, part of that goes to me in the podcast, and it's going to help me develop some DeHuff Uncensored merch, which will eventually go back to you. So it's kind of a the circle of life. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Simba, you have done it. Anyway, thank you guys so much. Have a great day. Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.